Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And welcome to another week of the Squiggly Career Podcast. I'm Helen Tupper, and I'm one of the co-founders of Amazing If, and I'm here with the other half of the business, Sarah. Hello. And we come to you every week with our podcast all about the skills you need to navigate your squiggly career and help you to be successful in this squiggly world of work that we're now all in. And this week, we're going to be talking about presentations and the role that they play in a squiggly career and give you some of our experiences and hints and tips that we think can help you to do better presentations and to have a more authentic self. So before we dive into that, maybe Sarah, a bit of context on how how the topic of presentations fits in with what we normally talk about in squiggly careers. Well, we were having this debate before we actually started around presenting. Is it relevant for everyone? It means lots of different things. And I think today what we're particularly interested in is most of us in our jobs at some point need to be able to communicate your ideas or your points of view in a really compelling way, whether that's in front of three people or 130 people. Some people might be those people who kind of quiver at the thought of having to present ever. You know, it's bottom of their list of how they want to spend their time. And other people will quite enjoy the experience and actually be something that you really look forward to. So hopefully there'll be kind of something for everyone in today. And what we actually thought we would start with is thinking about some of the best presenters that Helen and I have experienced and seen kind of in real life and maybe what they did differently, what they had in common and what we thought we could learn from them. And last week, actually, I managed to attend seven different events in about four days. crazy. (laughs) Um, And it was a bit of a killer. Some of those events I was speaking at in various different capacities or sometimes I was just there to listen And so I've tried to pick out a couple of people who I can really remember a week on what they said, how they made me feel and the impact that they had on me. And they really they came to mind when I was thinking about the best presenters and what we can learn from them. The first guy who I think, Helen, you'll also know is a guy called Sam Conniff. Yes, of course. So Sam, he's launching his book this week called How to Be More Pirate. Yeah, I think it's like number just one. Be more, like is it Amazon, just Be More Pirate? Be More, I think. Pirate. Be more, more pirate. pirate. I think it's number one in the Amazon business chart. So. so well done, Sam. <laughs> and what I found really interesting about Sam is I've seen him present about being more pirate and what that means twice in the last month. So we happened to be at one event together where he was on before me. And then he came and presented at an event that I was running. And it was fundamentally the same presentation, but he took that presentation from being very good the first time I saw it to great the second time. And I actually commented to him afterwards. I said, oh, well, that was, that was brilliant. I thought you've, you've kind of really moved that content on. And what he said to me, which I really admire, is that he took the time to watch the video of him presenting the first time 
to work out where he wanted to improve. Mm. And so he, I mean, he's naturally funny and passionate and really knows his subject area. So they're all kind of qualities I think make for a really good presenter. What I just thought was fascinating was for somebody who comes across as probably, I bet loads of people in the audience just think he gets up and just can do that. Actually knowing that behind the scenes, he takes the time to want to do a really great job for the audience, communicate his ideas in the best way possible. He's prepared to self-reflect yeah. and make tweaks and continue to improve because he doesn't have to do that. He'd already be a brilliant presenter. And I think that is a characteristic I see again and again of the people who are really great at uh, communicating their ideas and sharing their thoughts. They're always being work in progress. Mm, and they may be getting a mirror to how they're showing up so that they're not yeah. just assuming that the impact they want is actually sort of what's happening in the room. Yeah, yeah. Who's your? Who's one of your kind of top, top presenters? Uh, I was thinking when you're talking, actually, I've got, I've got two. Okay. Um, there's one that you, we really random. You'll be like, why is Helen talking about a sports person? So I'll come on to what? that. So I, I didn't know that you like, knew any names of any sports people. Not the most sporty person, just okay. to let people know that. We'll, 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 <laughs> um, we'll, that. we'll come on to the sports person. Um, the first thing that's uh, kind of a bit more that Sarah will know is um, Satya Nadella, who is the CEO of Microsoft, the global CEO. So obviously, you know, very, a very kind of uh, successful senior person in business. But what I find fascinating is his the way that he presents. And um, working for Microsoft, we get to see that. And we have these monthly Q&As that are recorded where we get to see it. But also we have big conferences where he gets on stage. And, and I mean, these conferences are, there's like tens of thousands of people in stadiums. So you kind of expect people to be um, really like, we were talking earlier, jazz hands and big voices. And he is not like that. He leaves massive pauses. I, I would expect that he's an introvert. I would expect right. that. He is considered in what he says. He is slow. He leaves big pauses. He is not the, oh, we all doing amazing. He's yeah. not that Woo-hoo. person. Yeah, he's not that at all. We definitely have some people who do that, which is great, but he is not that. And it is so, he moves people. Like, you want to hear his story. You want to hear, it's his tone and the empathy when he speaks and the the pace and it's so different to other people it's so unique to him that it's just compelling and I am sure he's been coached on those things but what what's really powerful to me is that it's very distinct to other senior leaders as a style and it feels very unique to him and it feels like he's really really honed it and some of these techniques that other people will say about using long pauses and you know using it's not the tone of your voice it's almost like how loud you're speaking Mm -hmm. what's what's the professional term for that intonation yeah intonation and the volume that you're using (laughs) all those kind of things but he uses it other you'll you know i'm sure speaking coaches would talk that through to you but he does it in such a natural way i actually don't know whether he's ever been coached or this is just him it's so natural that I almost just think he, he he just has always presented like that. And so I find that really, really powerful. And it does make me think about my, there's lots of things that he does that I definitely don't do. And it makes me think, I wonder if I could take some of those, those pauses and being a bit more intentional about the words I'm using, the pace, the intonation to have a bit more impact. Yeah. And I think that's a, a really interesting balance. When you're thinking about presenting, the best presenters absolutely, I think, start from their own DNA. They start from their own style. They don't try and... This is not a robotic, here is a checklist of 10 things that will make you an awesome presenter. I, just, I don't believe in that in terms of that's not the best way to have impact. Start from your where you're already at your best. So for somebody like me, I'm naturally enthusiastic and smiley and will often try and build a relationship with the people that I'm talking to. If I try to be very serious, 
it just wouldn't come across as being me or, or kind of who I am. But knowing what are the small differences you can make in terms of your presentation style, how can you be adaptable, I guess, can be really powerful. Mm. So knowing for your audience, well, when do you need to slow down a little bit? Mm. It might be because you're introducing something that's quite complicated or maybe they've not heard before. Or if you're really trying to make a point, giving people a moment to just reflect on that point before you move on rather than... Often, I think when you're presenting, I hear I hear this a lot from people, you're just so keen to get through it. You don't want anyone to ask you questions. You want zero interruptions. You're like, right, I have practiced this. Just let me get through it. I think there's almost quite a big tipping point for people when you get confident enough with presenting where, certainly if you're in a smaller setting, that actually it's okay for people to interrupt you and you, you're all right for it to become more of a conversation than a one-way presentation. Yeah. But I know for a lot of people that often feels quite an intimidating shift because you go, well, I'm, I'm in control. When it's my, I actually also find when I'm presenting to a really big group, I actually often feel quite confident because they can't, they can't do anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> they can't drag you off stage no, if you're rubbish, like, but they probably could. So who's your sports person then that you were <laughs> alluding to earlier? Because I'm not sure I quite believe it. So, do you know what? I'm slightly worried. I can't remember what sport he could do, but I remember him and I remember the presentation. Right. So it's Roger Black, who I think is a runner. Yes. Yeah. I mean, quite, old school. That is I know, old school Roger Black reference. is quite old school. So he's an old school ran for Great Britain in the Olympics quite a few times, probably totally undermining his career, kind of a legend in British athletics, I think. Anyway, I've seen him do a presentation twice because I think he's now on the speaker circuit. Right. And he tells a story about how the team had like some failure and how they all came back together and how he got ready for the race and and I remember it's such a moving story with such emotion in it now he is definitely I saw saw the story twice it's the same story so he has definitely got that down to a pat and I'm absolutely sure he's been coached on it but it was the it felt like it had what you what you'd call a story arc. So yeah. you know, like he he'd got a presentation, and this this I think is less appropriate for if you're doing a presentation to your team at work about yeah, like yeah. How, the, how the business <laughs> is doing. It's much more like if you've got a chance to tell your story on stage. But it felt like he had some drama. There was a hint of defeat. There was mm. a comeback, and there was a climax and some success. And it just felt like a really a story that you were sucked into. It was his story, and there was some emotion involved in it. So I think what I learned from that was that you know if you're doing a presentation where this is about you and your achievements and you're telling other people I would still do this if maybe the first time I'm being meeting my new team it's I'm not saying you always have to be on like a a massive stage to tell this story but it was a very considered what's the emotion that I'm trying to create how do I start this story where's the where's the peak where's the where's the it's like a start middle and end still yeah and it's more than that I think it's like where's the emotion coming in where where's the element of risk and yeah and then and then kind of what's the climax and just thinking through those points because I think it's natural that you'll lose people when they're listening to you yeah but those are your hooks to get people back in and it was just it was just very compelling and even though I know very little about sport and it's not something that engages me there's just that human story with those moments really really powerful Actually, and I had a similar experience. So last week I saw a guy talk called Niram Vinod, who works for Instagram. And actually he got on stage and sort of said, oh, you know, I'm not really a presenter. It's not how I feel most comfortable. And he was alongside some people who were very kind of pros. You know, they obviously present quite a lot. But his was one of the most compelling for me. And that's because, again, he'd made it very personal. So it was really authentic. It was really interesting. And he obviously had really cared and thought about what he was going to talk about. 
So he'd got images of his partner who was pregnant. Um, He was talking about some of the side projects that he'd done. He just told some really interesting stories and he was also vulnerable. Mm. And I think actually a lot of the best presenters have an element of vulnerability. They're prepared to talk about things that go wrong Mm -hmm. or moments that felt really tough for them. And the reason that works so well and you're not doing it to be manipulative is because you can all associate with that. You don't have to have had that exact experience, but everybody has those moments where you feel a bit down or things don't quite work out. And so hearing from someone who actually is often in a position of presenting, sort of say, this this was a moment where I did have to stop and think differently. Everyone else goes, oh, okay, well, that's okay, because I've had that as well. So anything that you can do, I think, to create a connection with your audience is, is really powerful. And he also talk about caring somebody asked him a question actually my sister was in the audience (laughs) at that event and asked him a question um and he answered it on stage but then afterwards I watched him go up to Rachel my sister and actually talk to her further about the question because and he told me afterwards he didn't feel like he'd answered it as fully as he would have liked to that's such a nice thing to do and it was just that you know you talk about connection I think he managed to connect with a very big audience and then lots of individuals and I think that's that's so powerful and that's somebody who doesn't present for a job, doesn't really enjoy presenting, I don't think that much. It's not really his thing, and yet he really stood out. So specific question for you, because I was also yeah. doing some presenting last week, and one thing that can be hard if you're presenting is the feedback that you get from the audience. So whether it's <laughs> a small group of people or yeah. a large audience, when you get that like slightly blank... Bored look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say blank, but All yeah, right, let's, sorry. Go, let's go bored. <laughs> and you're thinking, I don't know if what I'm saying is in any way resonating with you. What do you think you can do so that they, that doesn't affect your confidence in that moment? Well, I think the thing that we've both learned actually presenting together from personal experience is people's resting faces can be quite misleading. So often when we're doing training together, you'll look around the room and there'll be some people who genuinely either look like they really don't want to be there, they either really disagree with what you're saying um, or would rather be anywhere else other than doing your training. And that, that can sort of throw you a little bit. And what I've learned is that often it's those people who you have your first break and they come up to you and go, this is life changing. <laughs> this is the best thing I've ever done. And honestly, you're so surprised because you just think, oh, I thought you were hating it. Because <laughs> also inevitably, sometimes those people are sitting at the back or sitting at the side. And maybe it's because actually they're a bit nervous. They don't want to be kind of sitting at the heart or at the center of things. When people are absorbing information, people have different ways of doing that. And sitting and smiling and nodding along the whole time, which probably would be slightly more my approach doesn't work for everyone that doesn't mean that people can always take in information so I think just be careful when you're presenting not to assume how people are taking that information in Mm -hmm. and just because somebody maybe isn't reacting in the way that you maybe would like they're not kind of smiling or clapping yeah yeah this is the best thing ever (laughs) don't assume that then it doesn't mean that they're not kind of supportive yeah because I think that's actually really dangerous I think we've learned that from experience 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So let's move on to some of the some tips then on presenting. I have one that when I was at Eon quite a long time ago, we had an amazing woman come in to do like pitch training and to the management team that I was part of at the time. What she got us all to do was to do a presentation about ourselves often one of the most awkward things to do to be honest yeah. presentation about ourselves that was videoed uh, and we had to create some slides and, and deliver the presentation to our peers so there's loads of stuff in that that's uncomfortable to be honest I think presenting to your peers can often be one of the harder yeah, things to do true. I find because you know them and they know you um, and what my, I took away from that very specifically from both the feedback that I had and, and the sort of the feedback that we were all getting was a couple of things that stuck with me the first was to not let the slides be the focus of a presentation so it is very easy when you're doing a presentation to kind of constantly look back to the set a to stand to the left or right of some slides if you've got a big screen behind you and you make it like that screen is the thing that's presenting and you're there to support it so don't you constantly look back to it often that can be a confidence thing because it feels you know you're you're looking back to it because it takes the attention off you or sometimes it can be because you don't know the content on there so that might be an indication you need a bit more practice beforehand but don't let the screen be the main focus of that room. You want to be the main focus of that room. So that was the first thing. And the second thing was to be aware of your body language. Um, Sarah's also given me some specific feedback on this in the past, actually, which is that that particular instance, what a lot of people did was they were doing really weird things with their hands, like they were holding onto a lectern or yeah, they were holding jewelry. onto a table or fiddling. And so just be aware of those things. Sarah in the past has given me feedback about my legs. <laughs> it's the kind of friend that she is. But no, she's told me that when I've been presenting before I've um like had my legs crossed in that really weird way where you squiggle them around each other and that it wasn't really a nervous thing I think it's just a habit for me but that it made me look small on the stage and that that wasn't the impression that I wanted to create with people and I think my kind of couple of top tips is regardless of what style of presentation you're doing whether it's to two people or hundreds be really clear before you start what's the one thing you want people to remember because actually there's a lot of information for people to take in. People are generally not amazing listeners, just, you know, people don't are not great at absorbing lots of information. So if I ask somebody a day later, a week later, what do you remember about my presentation? 
and that's something I have done in terms of a feedback technique, making sure that you know what it is you want people to remember and then doing a really good job of telling people that at the start of the presentation, reminding people of it as you go through, reminding people at the end. And remember that only you know what you're going to say. So sometimes I find I've practiced presentations, particularly actually in smaller settings, that, you know, when you're trying to persuade someone to sign an idea off or to to do something that you want to do within a business, and you've practiced it so much that you think, right, I know every sentence here, and then you can get a bit thrown or disappointed if you don't do it in exactly the way that you'd practiced. And that's when you've got to remember, okay, as long as I've got the key points across here, the other things that I say around that are to provide colour and interest, but it doesn't need to be exact. Mm. And don't, you know, if you've forgotten something, only you know that you've forgotten that. Um, I actually was doing some training last week where someone said to me, I get really nervous presenting to senior people particularly. Um, so I'm really good with my team. And then I go to do a senior presentation and I just feel like it's nowhere near as good. And I, I sort of said to her, but how do you know that? It's only because you're the only person who can compare and contrast yeah, in yeah, those two yeah, situations. Yeah. So yes, you might have been slightly better. But I said, to her, have you asked any of those senior people? And she was like, oh, they all seem to think I'm really good. And I was like, yeah, but <laughs> there you go. So that, that's fine then. <laughs> so yes, it's harder sometimes in different contexts. But remember, you're the only person who sees all of that. So you're yeah. giving yourself like an overly hard time. Yeah. It's just when we were think, talking there, it made me think of, again, some other feedback that you've given me in the past that stuck with me. You probably won't remember this. But um, I spoke at a conference there organised a couple of years ago about networking, probably, I don't know, maybe three years ago now. And I remember I had some notes I'd prepped for it. Because I think for me, a tip is if you're going to do a presentation that's important to you, prepare for it don't let oh, the first yeah, time loads. you talk about it be be that moment and practice out loud yeah practice out loud and I practiced and I'd written some I like I think they were sort of cue cards they had my notes on them and I practiced so much that I did not need these cue cards I remember what Sarah said to me afterwards was you held those cards the whole time you were on stage like your life I, depended on it I think I, yeah. I never looked at them once and I remember Sarah saying just don't take them on next time with you. Yeah. And I think there's a couple of things there. One, just be aware about your props. Like you might have a bottle of water and again, do you need do you need that prop? Yeah. You're like, why have you got it there? And also just give get someone to give you feedback and be really open to listening about it. Sarah does that for me a lot and it always sticks with me and I definitely change what I'm doing as a result of that. And it's, if you're going to put yourself out there to present um, treat it as a learning opportunity for you. You know, growth mindset. We say it every, pretty much every week. Ding ding. Um, <laughs> but you're, it's really good to have somebody that can give you that that learning opportunity to watch you and be really specific with the things they think you could do even better. And it is about getting better each time. So having cue cards is absolutely fine. If it's the first time you've presented and you're really nervous, if that's the thing that helps you to just feel more confident, that's fine. And then the next time you might take those away. And just finally on top tips, it is actually for once me doing a slightly cheesier sort of sentiment. I'm not sure it's even a quote, but remember, people remember how you made them feel, not what you say. And I just think that's really true. So try and create the connections and the relationships. Don't worry about the exact content. Oh, Sarah, that's the nicest quote and meaning. I don't think it's a proper quote. I think that was my best attempt at trying to do a quote. was like, just try and make people feel good. Uh, yeah, pretty important, like a uh, mission for life, I think. Yeah. Um, so uh, one maybe one resource this week, because I think as we were talking about this beforehand, what we can recommend, and we just kept coming back to TED, TED, TED-tastic, TED. basically. TED, yeah, TED. So whether it's the TED app or it's the TED website or it's the TED book about public speaking, you can go on the website and you can, and 
see which speakers resonate with you and engage you and you can take some insights about how you might do some of the things that they're doing or you can read their book on public speaking if you want to get some very specific tips about what you can do or actually on TED they have some videos about how to do public speaking so yeah. if there's one resource we can recommend to you and often we're surprised about the number of people that don't know about TED so just go to TED.com and there's an app as well it is an amazing source for curiosity but on this topic in particular you can pick up a whole lot of learning and insight just from looking at that content and so i think that's about it for this week as ever thank you so much for listening i think we now have reached over twenty thousand listeners yes we in have. total which then makes me really nervous about everything i say as soon as i think about that because that sounds like way too many people Please do keep giving us your feedback. We love to hear from you. Our email address is touch at amazingif.com. You can follow us on Instagram, amazingif, or you can tweet us amazing underscore if. That's is that correct. right? That's correct. There was definitely a question at the end of that. I was like, is that right? It's correct, Sarah. Um, so yeah, please. And we love to hear ideas for future podcasts, what you enjoy about the podcast. Please do review raters, share us with other people. We're really keen to kind of extend the Squiggly Career podcast communities. Podcasties, is that a thing? Squigglers. Squigglers? Yeah, that sounds weird. Okay, we won't use that phrase. And next week we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome, which is something that one of our listeners asked us to discuss in more detail, building really on the confidence series that we did last uh, year. So we look forward to doing that next week. In the meantime, have a lovely week. Uh, Thanks again for listening. Bye for now. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com.